On today's episode, we are tackling the big B word in weddings, your budget. Now guys, your budget is your spending plan for the whole wedding. It's an expression of your priorities. If you don't talk about it and put together a solid budget early in the process, you're either going to run out of money or spend more money than you planned. This episode will be helpful no matter where you are in the wedding planning process. If you're just starting out, it will help make sure you have a good plan for your spending. If you've booked a lot of vendors already, it will still be helpful because it will help you prioritize what's left of your budget. So let's get to it. listening to Ask the Planner. I'm your host, Desiree Adams, owner of Verb Event Co., a company whose mission is to help couples enjoy planning the contemporary, sophisticated wedding they've always imagined. Together with other wedding industry experts, we reveal the crucial details and industry secrets that will help you plan and enjoy your flawless heirloom occasion. So pop your favorite champagne because we have a wedding to plan. Hey guys, it's Desiree. Before we get to today's episode, I wanted to thank the sponsors of our podcast. The first sponsor is Lovestream. Lovestream is a one-way, high-definition, high-quality way to stream your wedding and help your guests feel like they're part of the audience at your wedding, even if they're just sitting on their couch at home. They just click your personal URL and they're able to watch without logging in, downloading an app, or messing with their microphone or camera settings. It's designed to be as easy to use for your grandma as it is for all your techie friends. If you want to interact with your guests after your ceremony, Lovestream also offers a Zoom reception option. And for any of you all that are planning a destination wedding after the pandemic, they now offer all-inclusive live streaming destination wedding packages. I really like Lovestream because the platform is so easy to use for any size wedding. They also give you guys, the couples, plenty of attention and help. You can talk with their team and have a meeting before you buy, and they also have a live chat function on their website, which I think is awesome. Any website that has live chat is the best, and they'll answer any question you have before you book or even after. To get 10% off any Lovestream package, visit verveventco.com backslash lovestream and enter the code ASK10, that's A-S-K-10, for 10% off. Again, that's verveventco.com backslash lovestream and use our code ASK10 for 10% off any Lovestream virtual wedding package. The next sponsor of our podcast is Zola. Zola is the next generation of wedding registry, combining gifts, experiences, and cash funds all in one place. One of the things I love about Zola is that they seamlessly link your wedding website and registry. Also, after you set up your registry on Zola, they'll hold your gifts until you're ready to receive them. Maybe you live in the city in a small condo and don't have a ton of extra space like we did, or you're in the process of buying a home and don't want to move all of those gifts from your current place. Whatever it is, Zola won't send your packages until you're ready for them. And if you change your mind and don't want the gift, they make it super easy to get store credit and the gift giver will never know. No more driving to the store to get gift cards that you're going to forget anyways. Zola also makes group gifting super easy for bigger ticket items. 
Finally, Zola will give you 20% off any remaining gifts on your registry for six months after you say I do. This is way more than most other retailers who only let you use that kind of discount once. Zola lets you use it multiple times for six months. To start building your wedding website and registry, visit verveventco.com backslash Zola. The final sponsor of our podcast is another registry that my couples love, which is Honey Fund. Honey Fund helps couples realize their wedding and honeymoon dreams by allowing guests to contribute money towards once-in-a-lifetime experiences, down payments for your first home, and even your favorite charities, which I think is awesome. Guys, I say this all the time, but life is too short to waste it on moments without meaning. What better way to begin your life together as a newly married couple and the end of the pandemic than with the most amazing trip ever? My husband and I honeymooned in Italy and it is still one of our favorite experiences today and we've been married for almost 12 years. To get inspired and check out the most sought after honeymoon destinations, visit verveventco.com backslash honeyfund. And now on with today's episode. Hi guys, thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. Today's topic is a super important one and one that should be considered much earlier than when most couples want to admit. So let's get to your wedding budget. Now, most couples wait to put together a wedding budget because I get it, it's hard to estimate what you're going to spend on an event you've never planned before. So you avoid talking about it, or worse, you book your wedding venue and your photographer without stopping to think, does this make sense with the rest of expenses we're going to have? I don't know. But honestly, you don't know what the rest of the expenses are gonna be, so you just keep booking. Now, that's just a recipe for disaster. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about some key things when it comes to budgeting to help you, one, feel comfortable talking about your budget, and two, to help you feel in control of your spending. Now, if you want to make your life super easy, you can visit my new resources shop and purchase my wedding budget bundle, which makes it so much easier because it takes the guesswork out of the whole budget creation process. It's a whole budget for you. It's got all the line items that you're going to need. And I've had people tell me already that it's pointed out expenses to them that they didn't even think of, which makes me super happy because then I feel like it feels like you feel more in control because you know what to expect in terms of your budget. You can find the resource shop at shop.verveventco.com. But anyways, let's get to today's episode. If you are driving or you're working out or wherever you listen to the show, you can check out the show notes at verveventco.com backslash 21. That's the number two one for the highlights and to hear the replay. Now let's get to today's topic, the five main factors that drive your wedding budget. So first of all, before we even get into the whole episode, I want to talk more about your budget and what the word budget actually means. So a budget is merely a list of expenses that you're going to incur over a specific amount of time. Budget, I feel, got kind of like a bad connotation because of budget brides or budget weddings. It doesn't. Like, 
Your budget can be $10,000, $110,000, or a million dollars. It's still a budget. It's still a number. So, and I know that it can sometimes be uncomfortable to talk about money, but I think it's important that we normalize talking about your wedding budget because your budget is an expression of your priorities. Whether that's a high-end dining experience, a really fun band, or maybe even the purchase of a new home, it shows what you are prioritizing and what you feel is important. So hopefully that little discussion right there has helped you have a better mindset about your wedding budget, whatever it is. And because at the end of the day, it's just a spending plan. So in today's episode, I'm going to walk you through the five most important factors to consider when it comes to your wedding budget and how that's going to actually affect what your budget should be. So factor number one is the location. Where are you physically getting married in terms of geography? So for example, a wedding in rural Virginia, where I grew up, is going to cost a lot less than a wedding in Palm Beach, Florida, just is. There are different costs of living in different cities, so there's going to be a wide range in terms of how much items are going to cost for your wedding. If you visit the website, The Wedding Report, which I'll link to in the show notes, it will give you the cost of an average wedding in your geographic location. You can use it to search by zip code or by metropolitan area. It's actually very fascinating. But I need to caution you because the wedding report also has average wedding costs. So, for example, the average wedding in New York State costs around $35,000. But my couples regularly spend over $100,000 on their weddings. That's not an average wedding. The images that you're seeing on Pinterest, for example, all those beautiful, gorgeous images, they're probably not an average wedding. Those are more higher-end weddings because that's, you know, vendors are trying to promote. That's what they're proud of. Those are the ones that really excited them or made them happy or whatever. Unless, for example, you know, you're on the blog for the Budget Savvy Bride, that's going to be different. They're probably going to have different images. But just, you know, just as a a word of caution, don't think that when you hear that the average couple spends $35,000 on their wedding, that that's what your wedding budget is going to be. I like to say, I don't think couples dreamed of planning an average wedding. Like when I was growing up, I was like, oh yes, I'm so excited to plan my average wedding. No, you want your wedding to be your dream wedding. So anyways, but it's still, I think, a good baseline to see like where things kind of are starting. So more on this later. Okay, so that was factor number one was the location. Factor number two is your guest count. And now these factors are not in a specific order. They're not weighted by like which is going to influence your wedding more. They're all kind of depend on each other. But number two is your guest count. So a wedding for 50 people that costs $50,000 is going to look a lot different from a wedding of 250 people that also costs $50,000. The reason is when you have guests your costs are going to increase or decrease with the number of guests that you have. Each guest affects so many different things, your stationery, your invitations, your postage, the number of envelopes you have, the number of flatware settings you need to have, the number of table linens you have, the number of chairs, centerpieces, favors, the list goes on. The bar tab, huge. It just adds up. So if you are trying to spend $50,000 on only 50 people, that's $1,000 per person. You can spend a lot more and it's going to look a lot nicer and fancier, 
when you're spending $1,000 on a person versus, I can't do the math, <laughs> whatever it is, $50,000 divided by 250 people. That's a lot less per person. So it's just going to look a lot different. And that usually when I'm telling couples, you know, this is out of your budget or you know, this is a little bit over your budget or whatever, I just say if you if you took out 20 people, you could have that item probably. I know it's kind of crass to think, oh, you know, this is going to cost me 20 people. Do I love these people, 20 people? But, you know, at the end of the day, some some people are spending $1,000 per person. And that $1,000 is $20,000 for two, you know, 20 people. So it's just something to think about. Don't think that I'm like a person that says you should not have, you know, whoever whoever you love. I think you should definitely have people that you love and that are important to you. But sometimes, you know, your parents' business partner or that family member you haven't seen in 20 years, maybe you don't need to invite them. Anyways, I'm going off on a tangent. Factor number three is your design. So factor number one was your location. Number two is your guest count. Number three is your design. And when I say your wedding design, that is kind of like the overall look and feel. It's the aesthetic of your wedding. So this has a lot of influence on your wedding costs because a DIY backyard wedding with wildflowers and milk bottles and folding chairs is going to look a lot different from a wedding in a ballroom at the Waldorf or Storia in Manhattan. Different aesthetics will have different price points. The more customization you require, if it's hand-torn, hand-cut, hand-drawn, hand-sewn, it's going to cost a lot more because that's one specific person spending a lot of hours and time on this one thing. Multiply it by all of your guests, it's going to cost a lot more money. So it's different from like if, if you're comparing it to fashion where you buy something off the rack because it's readily available. They mass produce that item, whatever it is, and they're able to spend a lot less money to create that thing. Therefore, it's going to cost them a lot less to give it to you, therefore you're going to pay a lot less for it. So hopefully that, you know, makes sense. That also goes into the next point that I have, the next factor, which is number four, which is your personal style. So personal style and your aesthetic kind of go hand in hand. Depending on the types of details you want to include, your budget is going to swing up or down significantly. So in terms of your personal style, I think, you know, a simple afternoon wedding with some mindful personalized touches is going to look and feel a lot different from an evening black tie affair that's going to have a lot of more formal touches to it. So if you think about your personal style or how you are when you're entertaining or when you're going out with your friends, what kind of things do you gravitate towards? Do you like something that's more homey with pizza and beer or do you like to go all out and you have champagne, you have, you have your charcuterie, you have like flowers, you know, all these different things. So if you think about your personal taste and how that's going to influence your budget, it could definitely swing up or down. You know, some people some like things that are a little bit more simple, a little bit more not over the top, a little less flashy. Some people like the flash. They like to be, to feel like they're having, you know, they're buying really quality things. Not to say that some things aren't quality, but you know what I mean. Just kind of spending things on the finer things and that's going to in turn influence your budget as well. So that was number four, your personal style and tastes. And then number five is the time of day when your wedding is going to happen. So a morning ceremony and a brunch or a lunch reception is going to look and cost a lot differently from, again, like an evening black tie affair. 
Daytime affairs tend to look and feel more casual, and therefore they're going to cost less. Of course, there's always exceptions to the rule. I mean, a really beautiful garden wedding with champagne and overflowing flowers and, you know, lots of different accoutrements is going to still be expensive. But generally speaking, it's going to be still less expensive because evening affairs are just more formal. You have more courses, your linens are going to be, you know, to the floor, you have more flowers, the menu itself is probably going to be higher end, and then even also your bar tab, you're going to be spending a lot more on the alcohol for a five-hour reception when people are eating, um, drinking wine with their dinner and having cocktails than if it was earlier in the day and they're having a couple, you know, champagne and mimosas. It's just going to be different. So to review, let's go over those items one more time that are going to affect your wedding budget. So number one, location. Number two, your guest count. Number three, your design. Number four, your personal style. And number five is the time of day. So how are these things now going to affect putting together your wedding budget? Now that you have these cost drivers, these wedding costs, now that you've done your research on you know, the wedding report, how do you put together that, that budget? So I think it's important to not just put together, you know, have a specific number, but to think of your budget as having a range. Don't just say, oh, we're only going to spend $75,000 or $35,000 because I think when you have one specific number and you don't leave wiggle room, it's going to be a more stressful process. So on average, couples spend about $7,000, again, this is average, $7,000 more than they originally intended. So again, it's best to define a range within which you're comfortable spending. So, you know, you could be planning your wedding and you fall in love with these gorgeous, sumptuous letterpress invitations with custom seals and it's just gorgeous. But then you don't remember that the weight of the invitations is going to require you to spend more on your postage and the assembly. Then you're going to add like a ribbon or a seal and, you know, things just start to add up. Meanwhile, your partner decides that they want to have top shelf liquor instead of beer and wine only, and they want the band to be playing longer. So rather than compromising, your budget just starts to increase by a couple thousand dollars. And this happens pretty frequently. So it's important to have a range so that you know when you're starting to spend a little bit more or your costs are creeping up just a little bit, you know when they're creeping up but you're still keeping it in check. And when you start to getting even closer to that top range and you're like, okay, we need to assess things and see like where do we really need to increase our budget and where should we go back to cutting a little bit. So I think having a target budget is much better to aim for because then you, you're saying like, this is what we're going to aim for. This is, you know, the best. But if we have a stretch budget and we say, okay, if we find some nice things that we really, really want, we're still comfortable buying and spending this amount as opposed to having buyer's remorse later down the road. So it just depends on, you know, if, if you feel like you find something that really enhances the experience for you and your guests, maybe it's, it's okay to splurge a little bit more because it's going to give you something that you really, really value and it's going to be special for you. Okay, so now that you have your budget range, now you can start thinking about booking your vendors. And I know I'm a wedding planner, 
But really, I think it's so important that you wait to book your wedding vendors until you have a really good wedding budget in place. And after and only after have you defined a realistic budget range, then you should probably speak to a wedding planner or two or three or four. I think three is a good number, unless you find one that you really love. But there are just different, and again, like with wedding planners, there are all different kinds of wedding planners with different levels of service. And I really feel like having a wedding planner is so important for all couples, just because it's going to help you be able to enjoy your wedding day so much more. I know it's a shameful plug for my industry, but it's so important for the way you experience your day. But anyways, back to what a wedding planner can do. So a wedding planner can not only save you money by preventing you from making costly mistakes like forgetting to budget for a restroom trailer, gratuities, service charges, tax, shipping, delivery, surcharges that you just don't even think about. They're going to help you with these things so that you can stay focused and not get sidetracked by unnecessary purchases, but also remind you that this is the budget that we had set. Are you okay going over with this item? If not, we should look somewhere else or you should go to a different venue, or you need to book a different photographer, or these things. We're tasked with having those difficult conversations with you, and we have them all the time, because that's our job. But at the end of the day, if you feel like something is important and worth the spend, then we are happy to support you if it's what you want. So anyways, a wedding planner can definitely help you with preventing you from spending too much, or spending too much on a specific category, and then running out of money. So shameless plug for wedding planners. But if you are not sold on hiring a wedding planner or you want to do a lot of the wedding planning yourself, that's totally fine because you like to have the control, you want to have the final say. I highly recommend that you check out my wedding budget bundle in the resource shop. It has a line for each category and it's going to help you plan for your expenses and even point out things you didn't even think about. So in that bundle, I also provide you with a wedding vendor payment chart and that's going to help you keep track of all your wedding vendor payments so you avoid any late fees and you make sure you know who gets paid and when. And it's also going to just help you plan for how much money is going out the door each month. On average, my couples hire 15 wedding vendors for each wedding. So each vendor has two or three payments, maybe more. So at the minimum, they're already going to have 30 to 45 separate payments that they have to keep track of, probably you as well. So the vendor payment chart is going to help you keep track of all of these payments, when they're due, how much how much is due, who's getting what, and it's going to, again, help you keep track of like what money is leaving your bank account each month. So anyways, I put that together and it's been super helpful for the people that have already gotten it. So hopefully you can check it out at shop.verveventco.com. So that wraps up today's episode. I know it was short, but I think it's really, really important to think about these important factors that drive your wedding costs and how that's going to influence your budget. I hope that this episode was helpful for you and helps you feel more prepared to put together a really solid wedding budget and then help you feel more in control of your spending. Knowing all the elements that go into a wedding budget is going to empower you to make the right decisions when planning your wedding. So do some research, think about your day and your guest list, and have a serious discussion about your wedding budget before booking your wedding vendors. And that includes your wedding planner too. 
And finally, guys, don't forget the reason that you guys are getting married and what your personal goals are for the wedding. Keep these reasons in mind during the decision-making process and you will more easily avoid getting caught up in all the things that keep popping up on your Pinterest feed. So that's it for today's episode. If you have any questions, I am always happy to answer them. Send me a DM on Instagram at asktheplannerpodcast and I will respond probably with a voice text. And if you want more help with your wedding budget, I am only a phone call away and you can set that up at with a 90-minute clarity call at verveventco.com backslash clarity. And also, like I mentioned before, the Ask the Planner resource shop is now open with amazing wedding planning templates like the wedding budget bundle to help you plan your wedding. If there's something that you're looking for that's not in the shop, please let me know. I would love to make resources that you want and that you're looking for and that will be helpful for you. So just let me know. And finally, please don't forget to leave a review for the podcast if you like this episode. Reviews are so helpful to us podcasters because it helps other listeners find the show. That's it for today's episode. Next week's episode will be another Wedding Wednesday tip about wedding budgets and wedding payments. And then I interview an incredibly talented wedding cake baker in episode 23, um, the podcast. I know I mentioned that last time, but she's definitely going to be here for this episode. If She's amazing. You guys are going to love her. And if you're getting married this summer, it's definitely time to start thinking about your wedding cake. So thank you so much for tuning in, and I will talk to you all soon. Thank you so much for listening to Ask the Planner. To make sure you enjoy planning your heirloom occasion, visit asktheplannerpodcast.com where you'll find show notes and ways to connect with me. And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit subscribe and please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so other couples can find the show and plan their flawless wedding just like you.